Hello and welcome to the Feminine Arising Podcast. My name is Amber Moreno. And if you are new here, welcome. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy. So today I had this kind of heavy on my heart, especially after witnessing this debauchery of a sermon by my former church, which I won't name it because I don't want to give it any glory or anything like that. But I definitely felt it was important to kind of bring it up and talk about it because it directly was basically shunning people for wanting to be their authentic expression of themselves, their individualism. And I didn't even watch the entire thing. So I might go back and watch more of it just to see what other context I can kind of grab out of there to kind of not go against what they're saying, but to point out where it's just a false doctrine that they're preaching. And This has to do a little bit with sexuality, but mainly about being authentically you. So the point of this sermon was speaking about sexuality and, of course, using the same old Bible verses that Paul wrote in, I think it was in Corinthians, Corinthians? could have been one of the other books, where Paul is stating, this is in the Bible before everyone gets confused, that you shouldn't be in sexual immorality. And so I kind of wanted to talk about what that verse means, because the way that it is portrayed out in the church, the church is always going to say that it is for you to not sleep around and for you to not be sexually active at all, which I don't agree with. You know, we all have our own human experience and we're allowed to do with that as we please now. I do agree that we shouldn't just be, quote unquote, sleeping around with anyone, um, mainly because if you're not aware of it, I'm going to make you aware of it, and it's not to cast judgments or anything like that. But when we sleep with multiple partners, whether that's in a relationship, you're in an open relationship, whatever it is, maybe you're single and you're just doing your thing, which is fine, but you are creating these soul connections on a deep level and opening these portals with these individuals and you're taking in whatever their generational trauma their dna any bad spirits that are attached to them anything like that is coming on to you and you're taking that on which is why i normally notice that people that are more in this polygamy type of relationship uh, in their sexual life they tend to have more little issues and not quite get to where they want to be versus those that kind of rein it in and stay focused on who they are, what they need to do. Maybe they're only in one relationship at a time or whatever that might be. Now, even if you are in one relationship at a time, as I call it, the serial dater, right? Even in that instance, every time you're sexual, With those individuals, you're also taking on all of that, what I just mentioned. And it takes some time to clear it out. Some people don't clear it out ever because they're unaware of it. And then life is, 
you know, however it, it pans out for them. But we have control over this. And so I believe that that verse is trying to warn against that. But we have to remember that the people that edited these Bibles, whether it be years after Jesus's passing or even recently, they're going to change it and twist it to control the masses because church knows that the more people awaken and know who that they are deep down inside, because God lives in us, not outside in the cloud, we wouldn't need them anymore. What is church? Not the way that they're preaching it, at least we wouldn't need it. I believe that religion needs to go back to the truth of what it is, not this made up, let's just pretend that God lives on a cloud in the sky, that nobody can access him, that there's a purgatory, that there's a hell that you go to because you sinned, quote unquote, here on the earth. It's a little crazy. It's a little ridiculous. And the one thing I wanted to bring up too is the word sin just simply means without. Like that's all it means, literally. Like you can ask anyone that speaks Spanish. They'll tell you that that is what it means. It means without. And so they're making you out so small that if you're a sinner, that means you're without God, which nobody is without God because God lives within us. He lives deep in our cells. It's encoded in our DNA. We are the light source. We carry him. We're a fractal of God. I say him because I feel most people can relate, but God is really an it. It's not a he or a she. It's both. God is both the masculine and the feminine. And when we can learn about this and be the masculine and the feminine together, have the balance in our own lives, this is where the true healing begins. And this is where we can experience what most people will call enlightenment or an awakening. When that awakening happens, typically we start to learn a lot more about ourselves. I also like to encourage people to learn their human design because that will also help you to learn more about who you are right now because a lot of us are functioning in this not self mentality and when we're in that not self it's because usually we might be taking on like societal pressures or you know old outdated doctrines like the ones that the church gives you know whatever it could be it could even be you know our parents fears that are placed onto us and we're taking this all in and we're trying to figure out you know what to do with our lives which we shouldn't be thinking about at all we should have a knowing of this because we're we all agreed at some point before we were conceived by our mothers that this is what we were going to come do in this life. But to get back to that remembrance is a little bit difficult, especially as an adult, because like I said, we've been so conditioned as children to be entangled into this matrix that we created, the societal matrix. So it's hard for us to remember, but we can remember and I believe human design is one of those ways because you're learning exactly who you decided to be. In this life, I decided to be a 6-2 self-projector. My motivation is fear. So I learned how to use all of this. I even had my digestion down, which is through your human design. So I know that even though I love like pizza and burrito bowls and whatever else, I shouldn't be eating that kind of stuff. I need to eat in the most boring way possible actually which i actually like to do as well 
I love to eat like a 50-50 plate is what it's called, where it's just potatoes and broccoli. And maybe I got some, it's fake cheese sauce because I'm plant-based, but you know what I mean? Like it's very simple. Some people would be like, that's super boring. And yeah, I know, but it works for me and my body likes that better. And ever since I started implementing this, my body has changed for the better. And I'm on this healing journey physically, which is actually very great. But that's besides the point. I just kind of wanted to mention that because when you do explore your human design, you will learn these cool little things about yourself and, you know, just what you signed up for when you decided to become a human. But coming back to the dogma of not being able to express yourself, I think is kind of crazy. I mean, I was under that spell as well. I believe churches cast spells on people. They won't say that they do, but they do because they know that the more vulnerable the person is, the more likely they are to turn to God in this way. And I'm not saying that religion started this way, like way back, you know, who knows when I'm not very good with times tables, but you know what I mean? Like it probably had a really good intention and then people came in like St. Augustine and totally used it to control others, which I don't agree with. I believe that when Jesus came down here, he had the intention, the really good intention to awaken people, but nobody, either nobody wanted to listen the few did listen, but then he was persecuted for trying to lead people out of this controlled type of doctrine, right? Which is why there's his story. So I don't want to leave Jesus out and be like, you know, Jesus isn't real and all this stuff. That's not what I'm saying at all. In fact, he's more real than not. He's an entity that we can call upon just like spirit guides, just like, you know, archangels and these type of things. But we also have to realize that those are also fractals of God. And I believe this is also why the church has a hard time explaining the Trinity to people. Because without having to go down an occult road, they have a really hard time, which is why people get confused and are like, oh, well, Jesus is God, but he's not God. And it's like, well, that's because he's a fractal of God. But they won't use terminologies like that because, again, it would raise up some red flags for people And I think a lot more people would be leaving the church and kind of figuring this religion thing out on their own. Now, I believe also that religion has its place because obviously it wouldn't exist in this world. Otherwise, some people need that. But again, you're giving your power away when you have so much power within you. Like, like I said, God is within you. So if God is within you, that means all of these addictions, these other problems that you might have are kind of irrelevant and you're kind of casting them onto yourself in a way because you're just not aware. And once you become aware, it's really hard to fall back into these, you know, addiction loops and things like that. And I say addiction because let's face it, we're all addicted to something. Most of us are addicted to caffeine. I'm not, but it is addicting. A lot of us are addicted to drugs. Some of us are addicted to using plant medicines A lot of us are addicted to, you know, chocolate and food and whatever the thing might be that you're addicted to. And when you become hyper aware of yourself and who you are, knowing that 
you know, you have this God inside of you, you break all of those chains. And then this is where the true healing begins. And now healing in general is difficult, but it's nothing that can't be accomplished. You can climb that mountain. Sometimes you need a little bit of of assistance, but the mountain is doable. It's climbable. And again, it's coming back to that self-awareness. But it just drives me so insane sometimes when churches try to tell people that allowing yourself expression is a sin. It's not what God wants. First off, they don't even fucking know what God wants because they don't even know who they are. They have no idea who they are. They're under this doctrine. They try to shun people for their sexual identity And it's like, honestly, anybody that has a judgment towards somebody, like if you want to come into this life and experience what it's like to be transgender, more power to you. Like that's what you came here to do. Nothing happens on mistake. Like there's no accidents that happen. Everything happens for a reason. And for whatever reason, that individual wanted to experience that. Who cares? I came here to experience what it was like to be a woman. So here I am. There are others that, you know, maybe their sexual orientation or their identity is non-binary or they're gay or whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, you know what I mean? We could talk about this all day. But the point of it is, is they came here to experience that. Now we also have free will. That's the other thing. So sometimes we willingly want to try these things, right? Maybe it wasn't in the plan originally, but we have free will as humans. So we're allowed to do all of these things. God gave us that ability. God wanted to experience these things through the fractals, which is the humans, us. And once you learn that, you can truly learn to love yourself for who you are, no matter what. And you don't need to go to a church to get that validation. And to be honest, I feel like a lot, especially speaking for younger people specifically, is they go to church to make friends because let's face it making friends once you're out of school is a little difficult and you just want to find someone with common you know uh, things in common with you and you know maybe you're not sure and maybe you do really love Jesus and you want to find other people that love Jesus too which there's nothing wrong with that like I said everyone has free will you're allowed to but I beg the question, why are you going to church to look for friends outside of that fact? Like why? Like are what is the big fear that you're not getting answered basically or like addressed? Because I know that when I was identifying as a Christian, I was more afraid of what people would think of me than anything and the reason I was afraid of what they would think of me was because I didn't know who I was and now that I know who I am and I stand strongly in my authenticity I don't care what people think anymore like I really don't there's always going to be a hater no matter what that's the duality of the world that we live in which again the church doesn't want to talk about they mask it as this good and evil type of situation right? The darkness is evil and only the light is good. But the problem is with that, if we only have light, you couldn't see anything, you'd be blinded. It's literally like staring into the sun. 
And if there was only darkness, we couldn't see anything either, right? Because it would just be darkness. But together, the light and the dark start forming these visuals that we can see, right? This is part of why some believe it's a holographic world that we live in, which I believe that too, you know. And then you add sound and all these other things and that creates the matter, which I think I've talked about this on another podcast. But my point in bringing that up with the light and the darkness is because they one cannot exist without the other. One is not equally as bad as the other. In my opinion, if anything is more bad, it's having all of too much of one. So if it's all too much love and light, that's bad. And then if we have only darkness and fear, that's bad too. You know, we don't want to have fear. We want to stray away from the fear. We want to only present ourselves in love, but we also want to have the understanding of the unity and the purpose of both the light and the darkness. Now, I'm also not saying it's okay for, you know, quote unquote, evil things to happen because they do happen every day, right? Children die all the time. People get sexually abused all the time in and out of the church also, and I don't agree with that, but it's part, again, of the duality of the world. It's kind of an interesting concept when you start looking at things objectively like that. And I'm not to make light of these dark situations. It's just to show the example that the world that we live in has these here for a reason. Because imagine if we only lived in a world that was only pleasant. I think a lot of people would get bored and then eventually they would start doing all of these nasty things, right? Because again, it goes back to the balance of of the duality, having that universal balance, which the universe has to have balance, which I believe too is why the earth is going through this big change, which I've talked about the new earth before in previous podcasts. I also talk about it over on my Instagram. If you're not already following me, go ahead and give me a follow at I am Amber Moreno. And on there, you know, the, the two worlds that are splitting, there's the old world and the new world. I believe the church is sitting on that old world. Now, somebody asked me yesterday, well, when you say church, like the church is a building. So who exactly are you speaking of? And it is the people in charge of the church, the pastors, the people that actually own the business of that church, which leads me to the next point is churches are businesses. I don't care how big or small they are. If they have any type of federal funding, which most of them do because it's a tax break, they're a business. They're legally registered as a business. And so like all businesses, right? Like my business, your business, maybe the place that you work at, it's a business, right? you have to manage money somehow, which is another thing. They want you to tithe all the time, right? Because if they don't have money coming in, in tithing, it doesn't always look great. But I also discovered that a lot of these larger mega churches, which I was actually kind of part of one um, here in Phoenix, is they tend to get a lot of high donors, meaning like people that are rich, because rich people need somewhere to put their money and what's the easiest place to do that? I mean, it's so smart. I would probably do the same thing. Probably not just because I know about everything, but you donate it to the church and that's a huge tax write-off. All of a sudden that money that was being heavily taxed on you isn't taxed as much because it's a donation. 
there's so many other places you could be giving that money to, too, other than the church, in my opinion. Like, there's still homeless everywhere. You know, there's underfunded um, child protective services that could really use the money, right? Like, there's so many other places. And because, you know, people are locked in arms with their friends or, you know, who knows, maybe they really do believe in Christianity and all of these things that that's where they decide to put their money. So this podcast wasn't really to bash the church, even though it kind of came out that way, because there are, like I said, there are some good churches out there that really do help their communities, that really do care about the people. However, when we look at the mega churches, we really need to start asking more questions. You know, when the pastor is rolling up in what you know to be an $80,000 vehicle, yeah, we can be blessed, but it just shows how big of a businessman that they are, you know, and Again, they're a fractal of God too, though. So knowing this also means that you're just as capable of the same things that they're capable of. Not saying like the greediness of it, but the abundance of it, right? But how do you get there? Well, you have to know yourself. You have to be willing to know yourself so well that you love yourself. And when you love yourself, It's not going to matter, like I said, what anybody says or does to you because you're you. There's only one you. There's never going to be anybody like you. There's not. There might be people that look like you or, you know, maybe they have the same kind of peppy personality as you or they speak similar to you, but they're never, ever going to be you. There's literally only one of you because you're that fractal of God that needed to experience life through you. Isn't that a beautiful thing? I think that's so beautiful. So it does drive me insane when I hear things that are incorrect doctrine, that are used to manipulate people, to control them, to make them feel small, that God is not inside of them, that they are these heathens upon the earth and that they need to listen to what the guy in the pulpit saying because he knows what's right for you is ridiculous. And to be quite honest, I think it's pathetic. And we need to take our power back from these people. Because once we do, and again, it's not to vanish and bash the churches. It's just to create awareness around the ones that are not in alignment with God, period. That's all it is. So thank you so much for listening. If you've made it this far, I know this was probably a lot of information to swallow, a lot of information to process. So, I mean, I would love to continue this on. I'm over on Instagram. I'm also over on threads. I don't use Twitter. Twitter gives me or X or whatever. It's like a nightmare for me. I can't do it. Um, And then I also have TikTok. I just recently started TikTok up. I'm actually really liking TikTok. I don't scroll on TikTok. I don't believe we should really be scrolling on TikTok, but the message is there for those that need to hear it, right? So have a beautiful day, a beautiful week, and I will see you when I see you. Hello, beautiful souls. I'm just popping in here to remind you that I have my new offering, Remembering I Am, which is my personalized 8 to 12 week 
plan that addresses the challenges of leaving a religious community or the matrix and remembering one's true self that God created because God lives within you. It is eight to 12 weeks because this is personalized based on you and what you would like to accomplish. This is my personal journey and channeled messages through guidance of how I achieved my sovereignty post-awakening. Topics include deconditioning and remembering why you incarnated here in the first place, as well as self-acceptance and how to energetically match your uniqueness by emphasizing on self-understanding and awareness because becoming the vibration of God's light and God's love that's truly within us is, I believe, truly what it is to be a human being here on the earth and creating our own heaven here on earth. So if this sounds like you and something that you need, either go ahead and DM me a little fire emoji over on Instagram at I am Amber Moreno, or you can check out the link in my bio over on Instagram. And there is a link there where you can learn more and get started. We can even set up a discovery call for any questions you might have. So back to your beautiful day. And thank you again for joining me over on the podcast. Talk soon. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to go ahead and give this a like if you resonated with it. Also, you can follow me over on Instagram and TikTok now at I am Amber Moreno. Hope to see you over there. And thank you again. Love you so much.